This is Susie Thorpe. Cambridge 105 Radio. Of course, it's 11.30 and I've got my fab guest, actually, Dr Matthew Bothwell. He is from the Institute of Astronomy at Cambridge University. Good morning, Matthew. Are you there? I am. How are you doing? Thanks yes. for having me on. Well, thank you for having the time to do this. I know how busy everyone is at the moment when it comes to lots of things, trying to keep things going. But thank you. Now, of course, I've just said that you are part of the Institute of Astronomy of Cambridge. And I'm going to call you Matt because that's how you uh, that's how I got introduced to you. Is that OK if I call you Matt? Uh, yes, anything else okay. would be weird. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, first of all, just Matt, tell us about your job at the Institute of Astronomy. Give us a little bit of context here. Yeah, so I have quite a unique job actually. So, I was a I was a researcher there for the best part of a decade in my in my PhD and some uh, research about galaxies. Uh, over the last couple of years, I've changed, and I now do science communication full time. So. Uh, my job is, if you like, is to be the interface between uh, the science and the public. So anything that is about kind of communicating and talking about all the kind of cool, exciting research we do and delivering it in a way that's understandable and not scary to the public is my job. Well, that's good. Thank you very much indeed. And of course, space has been in the news in the last few days because of the SpaceX Crew Dragon going up into orbit. And it was a pretty amazing special thing. And what was very, very, very uh, moment for me was just watching, well, watching it on TV, space going up. So I just really want to know, what are your thoughts about space and exploration at the moment? What do you find so interesting about it? Well, I think it's an exciting time because I think human space travel went through this huge boom, obviously, in the you know the 50s and the 60s and 70s with the space race. And it's almost stalled ever since, right? We went to the moon in the early 70s and just haven't really been back. Um, and I think the desire to explore space really speaks to something quite deep in our human DNA, right? We're a nomadic species. Yeah. And, you know, doing, doing that more and more is important. I think and the fantastic thing of, about the launch... Uh, this past weekend is that it's a significant uh, step towards making space travel cheaper. Um, Like, you know, so far going to space uh, basically uses disposable rockets, right? And if you can imagine having to throw your car car away and buy a new car every time you take a trip to the shop, you know, it would get very, very (laughs) expensive to go to the shops. Um, That's a really good analogy, actually. I like that. Right. But what SpaceX has been pioneering and what they've uh, now achieved is reusing the rocket, right? So the rocket takes the astronauts up and then the rocket kind of automatically lands itself and then you get to use that again. It's It's a massive saving and it's really going to make... Uh, getting into orbit much much cheaper in the future which is a fantastic thing yeah I, you're absolutely right that is part of the, the the ploy isn't it to make sure it is busy. But, but what is you were saying that we are absolutely enamored by space now a lot of people will say no we, we can take it we can leave it i've got other more important things but there is there is something much more higher than that isn't there if you just explain to people the non-sayers the naysayers about space in general um, well, I, th- I think it's a. I, th- I think it's fundamentally important for the whole hu- future of the human race. And, and that, that sounds like hyperbole, but I really don't think it is. Um, you know, since the dawn of humanity, we have always been expanding, right? I mean, you know, European. You know, we humans evolved in Africa, and then we spread out, and we've been spreading out all over the world ever since. And going to space is the next stage of that. I mean, to be honest, I think it's inevitable. I don't think it's a, a matter for argument whether we do it or not. I think it's just a fact that we are going to do it. Um, and I think I think it's very, very important as well, because taking the very, very long view of the human species, you know, we want to not to spread ourselves out 
as much as possible, right? There's a huge amount of wealth uh, waiting for us in space. There's huge kind of economic benefits from going to space. Um, but also, you know, in, in the very, very long term, again, this is, <laughs> I don't know how philosophical we can get on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> um, but, you know, being on a planet very, very long, having your whole species on a planet is like putting all of your eggs in one kind of cosmic basket, right? I mean, just ask the dinosaurs. Um, you know, getting off planets and kind of spreading around, I think, is the, you know, it's, it's the way to kind of stick our flag in the future and say that, yes, we want the human race to carry on for a very long time. Yeah. And unfortunately, of course, the, the, the launch became a very, very amazing at the weekend. And then things have taken over since then with the riots and the George Floyd murder as well. But the, mm. that's always been the case. And I know absolutely, completely and utterly have our hearts with the US as well. But the SpaceX exploration, do you think it's becoming... Do you think it's becoming more diverse? Do you think we're getting a mixture of men and women, um, ethnic backgrounds? Do you think that's all happening in space? Um, I think there have been important strides. I mean, like the UK's first uh, first astronaut was, was Helen Sharman, right? So mm. we're, we're better than we used to be. I think we're a very, very long way from equality. There's a famous poem from the 1960s called Whitey's on the Moon, right, where they uh, someone is... Con- it's, it's, it's a very powerful piece where this uh, this poet is kind of contrasting the terrible conditions for African-Americans in inner cities with the, yeah. the expense and the extravagance of the space race. And, you know, I think you just you only have to look at the conditions in the US to know that we, you know, we're not a million miles from there by by any means. And so I think, you know, it, it's a noble goal that we should keep working towards. Uh, but I think, unfortunately, we're still a very long way from, from true equity in this area. Yeah. And to to try and tackle that now, you were talking to me earlier about online activities that you are producing for, as part of the outreach. How important is it to reach young people at the moment? Um, I think it's I think it's absolutely critical. Um, when young people are, you know, as a young person, that's when your your interests and your worldview get formed. And I think. If you can inspire the young generation, that's what is going to lead to, you know, in 20 years' time to have the generation of people who are scientifically literate and thoughtful, mindful people. Um, I think, you know, introducing these important concepts at a young age is, like, is absolutely critically important. And that's that's a lot of what we try and do uh, for the university. We are, you know, we do, we do a strong outreach to to share the excitement of the universe uh, with, with with everyone. Yeah, well, that's exactly as you say. It's very, very important. And and during this lockdown and pandemic moment, you have been exploring and offering. I, I know you've been doing it for a long time, but particularly at the, in this area, what has been on offer to children at the moment? So we are we're putting all kinds of free activities up uh, on our YouTube channel. So we have a very long running outreach program. I mean, for years we've been doing uh, Wednesday night stargazing, and we've been having uh, kind of Cubs and Scouts and Brownies and Guides coming to the departments too. Uh, kind of get their first taste of a, a bigger universe. So, and that, that's been going on for years, and it, it will carry on once uh, the current unpleasantness uh, has passed. Uh, in the meantime, we're putting out uh, as much kind of socially distanced astronomy as we can. So uh, that means doing it online, of course, rather than face-to-face. So we have a YouTube channel, and we're putting out all kinds of resources. So we have a, a, a long-running lecture series. Well, I say long-running, it's been 10 weeks. It feels, it feels like we've been locked down for longer, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. You're right. Um, yes, yeah, so we have a, a lecture series. So every single week uh, we are uh, doing an interactive astronomy talk for kids where they can come and they can learn 
some various things about the universe. We've covered the Big Bang. We've covered stars. We've covered black holes. We've covered dark matter. All these kind of interesting and weird and wonderful things about the universe. And they're, they're fully interactive, so kids can come along, participate, and ask questions and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as that, we're doing we're doing weekly Ask an Astronomer streams where people with uh, burning space questions can come on and quiz our tame astronomers and ask, <laughs> ask them some questions. And we're making available our public lectures as well. So, um, yes, we're, we're just we're putting as much as we can online to uh, to kind of interest people in these times. I, I just think that's absolutely absolutely fantastic and amazing. I really do. Now, talking about asking questions, I have Medium Al has been texting in, and he said this is one of the questions, and it's actually beyond me, but I'm going to ask you: How do the measure? How do they measure gravitational waves, and will they make it less or more dense? What, what's your answer here, Matt? Um, okay, okay, a very good question. First of it all, um, I, I'm not sure I understand the second half. I'm afraid, but I can, I can definitely, I can definitely answer the first half. Okay. Uh, so, just to explain to the listeners what a gravitational wave actually is, first of all, I mean, if you're going to talk about measuring something, you should, you should work out what it is first of all. Um, so, Einstein's view of the universe is that space is not like completely empty nothingness. It's like a kind of a stretchy fabric that he called space-time, right? And the bending of space-time is what gravity actually is. So if you, um, you know, I'm sitting on my kitchen table, if I kind of drop a pen onto the floor, the reason it falls in Einstein's view is because the the, the mass of the Earth bends space-time around it and the, the pen is just moving through this kind of wonky, curvy space. And that's what gravity is. Um, so if once, once, once you believe and once you accept that the fabric of the universe is this kind of bendy, stretchy stuff called space-time, you can think of it almost like a trampoline. And just like a trampoline, you can create waves in this bendy, stretchy space-time stuff. And these are called gravitational waves. It's the fabric of the universe kind of wobbling, if you like. And very, very powerful astronomical events, uh, like two black holes crashing together, create these gravitational waves. And this was first detected in 2015, where we, uh, we, we felt the ripples of these two black holes that had crashed together. And it's, yeah, it, it's a powerful enough event to make the entire universe ripple. Uh, the way we actually measure that, it's, it's not a million miles away from, if you imagine like a seismograph or something that's measuring the, the shaking of an earthquake, um, it's something like that. But instead of measuring the shaking of the Earth, it's measuring the shaking of the whole universe. Um, the, the, yeah, the way you can, yeah, the way the way it actually does it gets a bit technical, but it's it's all to do with uh, kind of pointing lasers and measuring distances, and then realizing that your the universe is kind of subtly wobbling around, and distances are kind of growing and shrinking as the gravitational wave passes over the Earth. If that makes sense. Do you know that does actually a little bit? Thank you very much indeed. I was trying to, I was moving my hands and exploring myself as you, as you were explaining <laughs> that. Thank you so much indeed. And that was for Medium Al. A question for you. Lots of people are talking about it, saying, "Oh no, I wouldn't do this." But would you volunteer to go up in space? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I'm a bit of a coward when it comes to kind of extreme, <laughs> extreme sports. I'm, I'm not a fan of roller coasters, and I, th- I think going to space would be like a roller coaster times. 100 so <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure it's quite well I mean I'm, that's I'm, a very think, honest answer I love it but uh, yeah, as you I, said, I think as an, as an astronomer I'm, I'm happy to sit on the ground and look at space and have it at a, a comfortable distance for now I think and actually talking about sitting on the ground and looking at space the astronomy you say that obviously it's all done online now but before lockdown and, and definitely after lockdown where are there areas that you can literally gaze through a telescope in Cambridge oh. 
Um, well, I think the best place to come would be to us, to the Institute of Astronomy. Uh, so every single Wednesday night during the winter. So uh, between October and March, uh, in normal circumstances, that might not be the case this October, uh, depending on uh, what happens uh, with the pandemic and so on. But in normal in normal situations, and ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully very soon, every single Wednesday night we do these free stargazing sessions. So we have all kinds of telescopes uh, on the site, and there's no need to book or pay or anything, just literally turn up on a Wednesday night at 7pm and then you can learn about some astronomy and look through some telescopes. Oh, I just That's wonderful to know. And the future of exploration, space exploration, I know you've been talking about it, but you're obviously, as the Institute of Astronomy and you as well, Matthew, that, Matt, you are very excited about space exploration. Now that last Saturday we had the SpaceX Crew Dragon going up, we're, mm. we're going to see more of this, aren't we? Um, absolutely. I think this is I think the reason everyone was excited about the, the launch that just happened. I mean, because, you know, it was, it was a historic moment. The first time humans were taken up in this reusable capsule and it was the first time humans were taken up by a private company. But yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. We're going to see more of it. The, the real excitement lies in the fact that this is the first time, right? It's not just the fact that it happened. It's that this is going to be the first of many and we're going to see uh, the price per launch come down and down and down. It's, it's like the, democratiz- the democratization of, of space, right? I think this is... Yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I think this is the first uh, in a, you know, many, many years of uh, space getting more affordable and, uh, you know, more available to everyone. And as you have so eloquently said this morning, it's really lovely to be talked to you. Uh, you're making, obviously, an interface between science and public. Where can we all get in touch, as in what is the website that we can get in touch to to explore all these online features that you have, Matt? Oh, that is a fantastic question. So if you... <laughs> uh, so our website uh, is public.ast, like as in astronomy, uh, .cam.ac.uk. So that that's the like the public uh, website of the the Department for uh, Astronomy, the Institute of Astronomy in Cambridge. Yeah, public.ast.cam.ac.uk. And that's AST, did you say? Yes, of course it is. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Well, Matt, uh, Matt, it's been really it's fascinating talking to you. Um, I hope I'd love to get you to come back again when we're post post uh, lockdown and we can explore more about what we can do physically as well. And just keep us that up to date fun. with your learning and what you've been doing. But thank you. Thank you very much, Matt. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. That was Dr Matthew Bothwell from the Institute of Astronomy at Cambridge University. Absolutely fascinating indeed. This is Susie Thorpe. Cambridge 105 Radio.